0: Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Great to see you today. Welcome to 2022. Uh, So glad we can gather together today, worship the Lord uh, in this place. And I wonder how you're doing as you enter into this new year. Maybe it feels really good to you to have a fresh year stretching out in front of us. 2022, it sounds good, doesn't it? Well, it does, except I just have to share with you. I saw someone post this this week. The moment you realize 2022 is pronounced 2022. (laughs) I know. It's almost too horrible, right, To, (laughs) to make a joke of it. You know, we think about all that we've been through these last couple of years, All the massive disruptions that we've walked through, the things that that has uh, done in our own lives, we all have stories to tell uh, of what these last couple of years have been for us. And so uh, the truth is, even as we uh, enter into a new year, there can be a bit about this new year idea that feels a little unsettled to us, doesn't it? Uh, We think perhaps this last year was not at all what we thought it was going to be. When when 2021 dawned, maybe we had some expectations or hopes of how we thought it was going to be, and it didn't quite turn out that way. And it leaves us maybe feeling a little fragile as we enter into the next year. And we think, I I don't know. I I think I know. I have some hopes. I, I know how I want things to be, but I'm not really sure how exactly it's going to unfold. Well, The best thing that I think that we can do together as followers of Jesus is to pause in the presence of God with all of those feelings about the year behind us and the year ahead of us. Because I know that when we pause in the presence of God, it is there that we are safe. And so today I want to invite you to do that, to encounter him, to to hear his voice today. Today. You know, when I was uh, growing up as a pastor's kid in St. Joe, Michigan, there was a special service that my dad always did at the new year, and I loved that service. It became one of my favorite services of the whole year. It wasn't anything elaborate. It was simple, but it just provided some time and space to spiritually pause and be intentional stepping into a new year. Uh, In recent years, since I've become a pastor myself, there have been a couple of years that my dad and I together have led a service like that, and that's been a lot of fun together. Uh, And a few years ago, as we began 2019, I led a similar service here uh, to step into the new year, and I want to do that for us again today, to share that same message with you. What's, uh, what's the, the, or the design of this uh, service today is just to provide some time and space for reflection, to step out of the year past and to step into the new year on purpose. And we're going to mark this moment together in the presence of God and in the presence of one another. And we'll do that today by looking at the text from the book of Joshua. Uh, We'll be in Joshua chapter 3, and there we find the story of the Israelites who are right there uh, on the brink. They're on the edge of the Jordan River. They're about to cross over. And as they uh, have this moment of crossing over, I believe that there are some helpful principles that are parallel for us as we sort of step across, as we're on the brink, the threshold of a new year. Now, as we begin reading here in just a moment in Joshua chapter 3, we find a people who are about to cross over the Jordan River and into the promised land. There's this great sense of anticipation, but also the unknown that looms in front of them. They're following God into uncharted territory. You can imagine the anticipation of this. They're about to enter into the promised land after generations of wandering in the wilderness. So let's take a look together, Joshua chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. And went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Let's pause here for a moment. Scholars point out to us when when they uh, uh, help us to understand the geography of the region that we should imagine the Jordan River, that it's near flood stage at this point in the year. And the banks of the river were steep. So this is not a a picture of coming to this small meandering brook to sort of uh, get across, but rather this swift moving torrent of water with these steep banks there. It's an intimidating sight. This text is uh, really the prelude to a miracle that's about to happen. And as they're to cross the Jordan River, we find that there are specific instructions that they are given that they're to follow. And I believe that these instructions actually are helpful for us and have application for us today as we cross over into a new year. So let's talk about these three instructions for those who find themselves on the brink. The first is follow. We find the word follow there in the text. And the people have been instructed that when they see the Ark of the Covenant, they are to follow. The Ark of the Covenant is this sacred box. It's carried on two poles, and it's a reminder of God's faithfulness. It has within it the stone tablets of the Ten Commandments, the staff of Aaron that budded, and a jar of manna. The Ark is symbolic of the presence of God himself. See, the Old Testament describes for us different ways in which people were in relationship with God. And while the ark did not contain the presence of God, it was a holy reminder of God's presence. And inside the ark were items that reminded them that they were people who belonged to God. I think there's an echo for us that we find in the New Testament. In 1 Peter, uh, it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Another phrase says, a people belonging to God. And these people belonging to God were invited to follow the ark, The fact that they belong to God needed to be their first focus. That needed to be the thing that that shaped their lives and the direction of where they were headed. I think it's a good question for us to ask. What are we following this new year? What is it that's the central focus of your life? I wonder what might happen for us if we took our cue from this Text, if we saw our primary identity as people who belong to God, what if that became first and foremost in our lives, and that then we could enter into the year eyes wide open with that perspective? Isaiah chapter 43 gives us this wonderful uh, statement see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I love this reminder as we enter a new year that God is waiting to do new things in our lives, things that have never happened before. And this invitation for us to position our lives so that we are eyes wide open, watching for God and his work. There's a phrase in this text in Joshua that we read that that jumps out for me and grabs my attention. This is our second point that we're looking at today. Um, And it's this that we find in the text. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. We think about entering a new year. We think about unknowns and things that we have to navigate that we've never had to navigate before. Some of you perhaps are walking a journey of grief. You've never had to walk this year before without your loved one, and perhaps there's a bit that you're feeling like, I'm not exactly sure how to do that this year. Or maybe you have retirement ahead, and you're thinking, I've never been this way before. I don't know exactly how that's going to feel Or maybe there's a new child on the way or some parenting challenges, another milestone that you've never had to experience before. Or maybe there's a job search in front of you or a health situation that you have to navigate that you're not sure how you're going to do. Maybe there are uh, friends who uh, have moved away or um, maybe there are other friendships that you're looking forward to that you're hoping to form in the year ahead. See, here's the thing that we do know. A year from now, life will be different than it is right now. And we simply can't anticipate all that the year will hold for us. And I think we're more aware than we ever have been before that things are fragile, that our plans are fragile, and things can change. And this passage reminds us that we don't have to figure it out alone, that God will direct us. As this new year begins, uh, the word unknown can loom large for us. This text reminds us, you have never been this way before. That can be both an exciting idea and a terrifying one, too. I think we all probably bring a set of questions to the year ahead. We might be wondering, what's around the corner, or how am I going to navigate this, or "Or what about this relationship in my life, or this opportunity, or this grief, or this fear, or this hope that I have? Wouldn't it be nice to know what was ahead? (laughs) Don't you ever wish that God would just give you the roadmap and let you know this is what's coming, this is how it's going to unfold, here's the turn-by-turn direction. But you know, the truth is, even though that sounds good, the truth is that when the future is unknown to us, there's a lot of good that can happen there. We find ourselves leaning in. We find ourselves seeking to understand and asking questions of the Lord. And something very good happens in our hearts when we're in the posture of seeking. Because it's in that process of seeking that our hearts are changed. See, there's an openness in our hearts when we're seeking and when we're desiring to understand. You know, we intuitively know that that's a true thing. That's why uh, when we are uh, reading a book or watching a movie, that's why the phrase spoiler alert is important to us, right? (laughs) Right? What happens if someone tells you how it's going to end, right? You say, no, 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 don't spoil it for me because it changes the way that you engage the story, doesn't it? If you know what's going to happen, it changes how you engage and then you don't find yourself leaning in to the story in the same way. Friends, even though we might wish we knew exactly what the future would hold and when, about the power that it is for us to follow a God who is worthy of our trust, who we can trust through and through, and to know that he holds the future. He knows the answers even when we don't. So when we find ourselves in a posture of seeking, that's a good and healthy thing. So today, if, if it's your prayer, as this scripture says, help me, Lord, I have never been this way before, then I want to remind you that's a posture that invites the presence of God and there is no better place to be. So as we enter into this new year, it's an invitation to trust our God to provide exactly what we need when we need it that lifts a burden for us that we don't have to have the answer and we can trust the Lord. You've heard me share before from Matthew chapter six, verse 34 in the message. It's one of my favorites. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up When the time comes. As it says in the book of Joshua, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Whatever this year may hold, whatever hopes or expectations or concerns that you have in front of you, you can rest assured God will direct your paths. The scripture contains so many promises that assure us of this. I want to invite you to listen to some of these promises today. Isaiah chapter 48, verse 17. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs chapter two verse nine. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. Psalm twenty-three, three. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. My friend, whatever this year may hold, whatever hopes or expectations or concerns may be in front of you, rest assured, he will direct your paths. That's why the scripture gives us a very special instruction. Let's go back to the book of Joshua. Uh, This is a special word for us today. It says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the lord will do amazing things among you consecrate i want to invite you to think about that word today consecrate means to dedicate to set apart to purify now think about this for a moment there Here they are, the people are on the brink of the Jordan River. They're about to cross over into the promised land. This is a huge moment for them. Notice what they are not instructed to do. They are not told, now build some rafts or construct a bridge or sharpen your swords because there's going to be some hefty things to do on the other side. No, no, no. Their instruction is to consecrate themselves. Their instruction is to not get busy with a to-do list. Their instruction is to do an inner work before God, to consecrate themselves. Why? Because the Lord will do amazing things. There's an urgency to this. There's a a moment not to miss. Today, today is the day to consecrate yourselves because tomorrow the Lord has something in store. This is a priority. This is an important work for them to do. God first. Be ready. Don't miss the moment. After they're invited to consecrate themselves, let's continue in the story to see how it Unfolds. Listen as I read from Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, and then 13 to 17. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Joshua, "'Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, "'so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. "'Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, "'When you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river.'" And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off to stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Araba—that that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. As we read this moment in the scripture, we see that this is designed by God to be this unforgettable experience. There's this sense of majesty here. Even as God uh, told the people to stand back a thousand yards, as if he wants them to just stand back and take it all in as it begins to unfold. And I love the phrase, did you catch it? It says that the water piled up in a heap. I just love that, a heap of water. Now, as I drove onto our campus this morning, I saw a heap of snow, right, at the edge of our parking lot. We know what that is. Have you ever seen a heap of water, right? What a sight, what a moment, what a miracle is unfolding before them. And these two million people cross this, uh, this river on dry ground. Can you imagine that? Kicking up dust in the middle of a riverbed? See, if we serve a God who can do such amazing things, then friends, that ought to inspire some awe in us. And that, that ought to help us accept that invitation to pause and to consecrate ourselves. Because this is our same God And he invites us to consecrate ourselves, to dedicate ourselves, to set ourselves apart, to purify our hearts. So today, my friends, we have some time and space to do just that, to consecrate ourselves before the Lord. So we've got some time ahead in the service, no rush, just time and space for you today to meet with the Lord. And I would encourage you to to begin even now. And I want you to think about the year that has passed and the year that you're entering into. As you think about the year that has passed, perhaps there are some specific things that you want to thank God for this year. Maybe there's a source of great joy in your life from this past year, and, and today is an opportunity to pause and talk with the Lord about that. Maybe there are some unanswered questions from the year. Perhaps there's a source of great pain for you in this year you've just walked through. Take some time and and talk with the Lord about this year that you've just experienced. And it might be that God invites you to leave some things behind and not carry them with you into the new year. And... Take some time and consider the year ahead. Give yourself some space to feel the things you feel as you think about that. Maybe it feels exciting. Maybe it feels difficult. Perhaps there are some specific things you're hoping for and praying for this next year. Maybe there's something that causes fear for you or a decision that feels that's looming or ways that you want to courageously trust God see it's a powerful moment to stand on the brink of a new year it's a moment of anticipation it's a moment that we realize we don't know what will be ahead and it's a moment that we're invited to choose to trust God so today I want to invite you to respond in a symbolic way We have here at the front of the sanctuary this threshold, this place of symbolism. And after you've taken some time to reflect, when you're ready during these next few worship songs, I'd invite you to come down the center aisle. And then uh, take some time and, and pause right there in the threshold. Think about the year that you're exiting. And then think about stepping into a new year on purpose with the Lord recognizing his presence, recognizing a new beginning that God may have for you. Once you've stepped through the threshold today, you're invited to come and take communion. And that's important for us. You know, we think about uh, when the people of God were preparing to cross the Jordan, they were told to follow the Ark of the Covenant because it reminded them that they are people belonging to God. Communion is a wonderful symbol for us that reminds us here today that we are people belonging to God. This was the design of Jesus, these simple elements that he gave to us to remind us who he is and how he loves us and that we belong to him. The scripture tells us about that night when Jesus gathered in that upper room with his disciples. And it says that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it saying, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Today, as you take communion, my prayer is that you do so remembering that, that you belong to Jesus, that you are loved, and that you choose to follow him into this new year. We practice open communion here And that means that anyone who chooses to follow Jesus is invited to partake at the table. After you step through, you can come here and we'll have uh, these cups prepared for you. As a reminder, we have these uh, cups, to, uh, two stacked together. The top cup contains the juice and the bottom cup contains a small piece of bread. And I'd invite you to partake on your own however you'd like. You might want to take it back to your seat with you or partake right here at the front or even kneeling at an altar. would invite you to do that in your own timing to partake and to meet with the Lord. Again, we're going to take a few songs for worship and prayer. There's no rush. We've got some time and space this morning. So when you're ready, I invite you to come down to the center aisle Come, pause in the threshold as you step through, take communion, and then if you would, use our side aisles to return back to your seat. Will you stand with me, and let's pray together. Oh, our gracious God, we're so grateful for who you are, for the way that you love us. or We're so grateful that we are not alone that you see us through and through. And so, Father, as we begin this new year together, God, I pray for each one of us here in this room and those who are watching online. God, I pray for a fresh encounter with you. God, would you help us to experience the the power of your Holy Spirit with us? Lord, would you open our eyes? Would you help us to know you better? Lord, as we pause and as we take communion today, God, I pray that that the way that you love us would be experienced fresh and anew by each of us. We thank you, God, for inviting us to the table. Lord, I ask your blessing upon each one as we pray, as we worship today. We love you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.